0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Okay, wow. What a great time we had last Wednesday. And I'm going to do my best to try to get to you tonight what I was going to get to you last Wednesday. But the question and answer time was fabulous and I really thank you for your questions. And I continue to invite you to ask questions along the way as we get through, walk through these two letters, all right? And we're just going to take our time walking through this. I want you to be as empowered and equipped as possible. Amen. So I have a mic person. Okay, my son, John Dillon, has the microphone. So if you have a question, you can raise your hand and he will rush that to you. And uh, we can have everybody experiencing question and answer time together, not only here in the room, but those by Live stream, we welcome our live stream audience tonight. God bless you, as well as those who are listening by podcast. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading tonight in verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2. Paul says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able to receive it. For you are still carnal. Remember when he talked about uh, their carnality, their carnal kind of thinking? Uh, but in chapter 1, he calls them saints. And so it's apparently possible to be a saint and be carnal, uh, which that's not the best way to live your life. Uh, so Paul is helping bring them into maturity, all right? To see the inside, living, from them living, as we sing that song tonight, living from the inside out. Uh, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy and strife and divisions among you. Notice those three things. Envy and strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And what he means by mere men is, is just humanity it, itself, through human strength, human means, human reasoning, human thinking, human acting, which you're called to more than that. In other words, he's really saying you're not acting like your true selves. And not, he cited uh, envy and strife And divisions are sure signs of carnality, that is, living by the appetites of the flesh, governed by the fleshly appetites. And this is very different. Let me just say this, that this is very different than the typical mindset of Christians today and and churches uh, around the world. The church today has focused its attention on the sins of immorality and has largely ignored things like unity among believers. It's like going to the doctor and getting treatment for symptoms, but not really getting a cure for the disease. And these these immoral sins, these these kinds of things, are simply symptoms of a much deeper thing, a, a much more problematic issue, and that is envy, strife, and divisions. And uh, the church at Corinth had the entire spectrum of sins present among its members. And we're going to see chapters 5 through 7 especially where Paul deals with those things. But his emphasis was on the the division among the the believers. This is the first three chapters. This is the thing that he's hitting on. I want us to bring up James chapter 3 verse 16. Look what James says about these things. For where envy and self-seeking exist or strife, confusion and every evil thing are there. So there's the source of it right there. All right. There's the source. These other things are symptoms of that. Yeah. So the, the, the biggest emphasis that we must uh, talk about, the biggest thing we must emphasize, I should say, is unity amongst believers. That we stop strife and envy and divisions and, and we all come together with one mind, with one voice, yeah. one purpose. That's what the church is about. That's A body of right. believers who embrace yeah. one another, not point fingers at one another. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That we love one another. We bear one another's burdens. Amen. We confess our faults to one another that we may be healed. This is the strength of the body of Christ. It's what we're called to do. These things, envy, just simply means jealousy. Strife means self-seeking or a faction. It means to to break off into little groups and separate from everyone else. Kind of like high school. you know. Uh, Envy and strife open a door to every evil work that the enemy wants to do in people's lives. And these things within the body of believers are even deadlier than the sins of immorality. Behaving like mere men or carnal men. Simply meaning you're not being yourselves. Verse four, for when one says, I am of Paul and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? All right. So what he's saying is one part of division is people picking their favorite teacher. All right. And we don't even want to make allowances for that. Look what he says. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. Notice he Said through whom you believed, not in whom you believed. Yeah. All right? We're not believing in them. We're believing in him. Through them. Through their teaching. Through them showing us. And Paul is hitting head on, right? I mean, nail on the head uh, the, the root of division. It starts when men give credit or glory to other men and their teaching instead of the Lord. You know, we all have tendencies toward this. And if, if we don't... If we don't guard ourselves against that kind of thinking, though subtle it is, yet it becomes a snowball, all right? And, and that snowball, once it starts rolling down the hill, it turns uglier and uglier and uglier and you get more divided and more divided. It, it's that what, which has built denominations throughout the world. Yeah. And uh, I have friends who are denominational churches. I love them. I just hate denominations. Our church isn't non-denominational. We're anti-denomination. Non-denominational is not strong enough. We're anti-denominational. There are no denominations in heaven. Did you guys know that? So if they're not there, how can they possibly be God's will on the earth? Hmm? A denomination is simply a man-made organization made up of a certain set of beliefs. And many of those beliefs being man-made themselves. And many of these things started off right, right? Maybe just a move of God that gathered people around. Something started happening, but along the way, those things became corrupted by man's own ideologies and experiences. And this is why we must be vigilant to stay in the Scriptures. That has to be the first and foremost. We have to say that the Word of God is the final answer in my life. It is the guide for how I think, how I reason, how I act, how I talk. Come on, talk to me. How I'm going to live my life. Amen. I'm not going to get caught up in this stuff. We see throughout the scriptures, even the gospel that we preach, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Paul says several times, like, what does the scripture say? He'll, he'll bring a whole uh, uh, a range of thoughts and, and truths and then he'll say, but what does the scripture say? This has to be the final word in our life. All right? And we have to come to the place in our life that we're mature enough and growing where when we see our experience or our reason contradictory to the scripture, we automatically say, I'm going to believe that instead of what I've believed maybe all my life. I'm going with the word. And whoever that, whoever that attaches me to and whoever that separates me from, I cannot worry about that. I'm going to live according to the word. I'm going to believe the word. Amen. It's going to be the highest law in my life. 30 times in the New Testament, the words, it is written, the phrase, it is written, is there. This is how Jesus combated the the devil himself. Now, you know, we have struggles with uh, demonic influences and demonic forces, but... Let me just say this, there's a very good chance you haven't had a showdown with the big daddy devil himself. There are these demon ranks, uh, Ephesians 6 talks about, for we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. But Jesus himself had a showdown with big daddy devil. And how did he beat him? Three times, the devil tempted him, and three times Jesus' answer was, it is written. He fought him with the word, and he overcame. So that he as a man could be an example for you to show you that all you need is the word. All you need is the word. Get it in your mouth and declare it. And the devil's no match for that. Amen. If it's not according to the scriptures, it's divisive. Say that with me. If it's not according to the scriptures, it's divisive. All right. Verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Remember what this thing is really about. We're just instruments in his hands. He's the one that's performing the miracle. He's the supernatural power. This is his church. This is his entity in the earth. Amen. This is his body. He's given the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Verse eight. Now he who plants and waters are one. Notice that. He says, we're one. He said, me and Apollos are not opposed to one another. We're the same. We're in this thing together. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So he agrees that he and Apollos are in agreement. They were united in their doctrine and in their conduct. So if they weren't divided, why should the people who received their teaching be? There are many who think that even Paul and the apostle James were divided. They weren't divided. They were just speaking to two different audiences. Verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. Look what he says. We are God's fellow workers. Now, who's we? Who's he talking about? He's talking about him and Apollos and those who are teaching the word. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. See, Paul says the mystery was revealed to me. The mystery. Uh, that had been hidden from the ages for the Gentile church, and that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Lord sent Paul to the Gentiles. He's the one that laid the foundation for this gospel to be preached to us. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, and another builds it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it, or let each one take heed how he teaches. Yeah. This illustration about the different building materials uh, has applications on the individual level that are very beneficial. So I want you to hear this. I mean, in context to this, Paul is really speaking about about, uh, him and Apollos uh, and their ministry to the Corinthian believers, but this illustration is primarily speaking to ministers about the way they minister to God's people. Those who minister under the leading and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will be like the gold, the silver, and precious stones. They'll stand the test. However, now watch this. Look at verse eleven. For no other foundation can anyone lay that, than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he told us what the foundation is. It's Jesus Christ. So when Paul came to the Corinthian church, he says, "I didn't want to know anything among you. I didn't come with eloquent speech, although I could have, because I'm a very educated man. I didn't come with persuasive words, although I could have, because I can argue with anybody." He said, "No, I came to know nothing but among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, because that's the power, that's the gospel." All right? And that's what we all need to hear. He says, so this is the foundation, and no other foundation can anyone lay. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, watch this. What's the foundation? Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, Jesus Christ, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Interesting. So it's possible then, from what he shows us, To build on this foundation that is Jesus Christ, not only with gold, silver, and precious stones, but it's also possible to build on that same foundation with wood, hay, and straw. Verse 13, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Now, what day is that? This is talking about D-Day, J-Day, Judgment Day, (laughs) the big day, all right? The final day. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So he's using this physical truth to illustrate a spiritual truth. In building a house, there must not only be a good foundation, but there must be good building material on top of that good foundation. Amen? Jesus said, a wise man builds his house on the rock. A foolish man builds his house on the sand. And the winds come. The rain falls and the floods come. Think about it. Both houses are in the same circumstances. But one of them falls and one of them stands. So you need not only a good foundation, but good building material as well. Because, you know, we as Christians will all one day stand before the Lord for the purpose of receiving rewards. And all of our actions are going to be revealed, whether they were our own doings or directed by the Spirit of God. And so if they're of the spirit, then they're going to be made up of that gold, silver, and precious jewels, and we'll be rewarded for that. But if they were carnal, works of the flesh, wood, hay, and stubble, they'll be, will suffer loss in that way. Let me just give you some scripture examples about, scriptural examples about us as individuals. This, now, in context of this passage, we'll come back to that in just a moment. This is really about those who are teaching the word and how they're going to be rewarded. But all of us are going to receive this. So Matthew chapter 5, or experience this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Look what Jesus says. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. That is, those of you who have been persecuted for being a Christian. Hmm? Anybody ever experienced that? Hmm? Have you ever been told the words, and you call yourself a Christian? <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. You're supposed to be a pastor. Poor Joel Osteen. Bless his heart. Amen. I was telling somebody, I said, it's interesting that and there are people in this area like talking down on, have no clue what they're talking about, but they're not in Houston helping people. Right. Yeah, right. Interesting. The hypocrisy. It's amazing. Anyway. And they're wrong. It's not even true. Okay. All right. But, <laughs> verse 12. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward. And think about it. Every time somebody comes down and you persecute you, guess what? Ching, ching. That's what you need to do. Ching, ching. i got a reward in heaven. Praise God. Keep it coming. Just keep, just keep going on your little Facebook rant. Praise God. You're just storing up treasures in heaven for me. Hallelujah. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Uh, you don't have to get caught up in all that banter. You can just rejoice huh? Amen. Matthew chapter 6, the very next chapter over, Jesus says this, verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. In other words, we all understand that the things of this world, the things that we, you know, we we acquire and uh, and it's fine having stuff, but you know, that can't be everything because it all is going to fade away, right? And when you go uh, the way of men and, and pass away from this earth, your kids and grandkids are going to drag all that stuff out on the driveway and sell it for pennies on the dollar at a garage sale, right? I mean, it's, it's just stuff. <laughs> but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in. Still, in other words, these rewards you get there, you get them forever and ever and ever. They never wear out. I love that. For 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart. Will be also. Matthew 16, there's another, this is real clear right here, 16 verse 27. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Revelation twenty two twelve. 12, very last chapter in the Bible, Jesus says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. I love this. Remember what the scripture says, who, who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder those who are diligent. God loves to reward. He's got so many rewards for us. Amen. So every day that we have been given as a gift from God and, 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 and another opportunity to store up another reward in glory. Because we get one pass, we get one shot. This life is it. Amen. And then whatever you got, you got forever. All right, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 3.13. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So notice that the fire will reveal what sort our works are. Watch what sort they are, not what size they are. Uh, So many today are preoccupied with quantity of ministry instead of quality of ministry. Uh, Yet Paul said that the Lord is going to reward us based on how well we did, not how much we did. That's very comforting. I mean, think about it. Some people will stand before the Lord with huge houses, right? Huge things that will be reduced to rubble after God rejects the building material. Others who never gained any acclaim or fame, they didn't go viral (laughs) here on earth because they never did anything big or important works. They will be greatly rewarded because they faithfully, simply fulfill what the Lord called them to do. Right. Huh? You just do what God called you to do. That's right. If it gets fame or not, that don't, that's not the point. The right. point is do what he right. says. Live for him. Fulfill yeah. your ministry. Yeah. Fulfill your call, his call on your life. Amen. This, this past, pastor and a taxi driver both died and went to heaven. And uh, St. Peter met him at the gates. And he says to the taxi driver, come with me. And he takes him to this huge, huge mansion, and it had everything that you could imagine from bowling alley to Olympic-sized swimming pool, and the taxi driver's just overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And next, he goes and gets the pastor, and he takes him to a rugged old little shack with a bunk bed and a little black-and-white television set. The pastor says, well, wait, I think you've got a few things mixed up here. Uh, shouldn't it be the other way around? I'm supposed to get the mansion. I mean, I, I after I was a pastor at a really large church and preached the word of God faithfully, and he says, yes, that's true, but during your sermons, people slept. But while he drove, everybody prayed. So. <laughs> <laughs> verse, verse 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures... Built on what? He's built on that foundation, Jesus yeah. Christ. If it endures, he will receive a reward. Hmm. The motivation behind what many do is, is to do something to, that, ple- that will please God. But it, that's not what pleases God. Our faith is what pleases God. Remember that. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. We're created with a purpose. Each one of us has a God-given plan for our lives. And unless our actions are in agreement with his plan and his purpose, then they won't abide in that test of fire on that day. So, amen. Verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, watch this, he will suffer loss. Yet, but he himself will be, what? So, because we're not saved by works. We're saved by faith in Jesus. So this is not a matter of heaven or hell. This is a matter of rewards or not rewards, okay? He himself will be saved, yet so as through fire, like he just escaped a burning house, right? I ain't got nothing to show for it, but I'm a Christian. (laughs) Paul's whole illustration about Christians, he's made clear in verse 11 when he revealed that foundation is Christ. He's not speaking to them about eternal damnation, just to make that clear. I mean, he makes it very clear here, all right? They're not hold Christians over hell. But they simply lost their rewards because they acted in the flesh because of in the Spirit. Now watch this, verse 16, this is interesting. If anyone's work is burned, I mean, do you not know that you are, you are, uh, sorry, go back to 18, 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Say this, I am a temple. I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in me. Say that again. I am a temple. I am the temple of God. The Spirit of God dwells in me. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? That's what he says. This is what you are. Now watch this. Verse 17. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy For the temple of God is holy which temple you are. Now watch this. He is not saying, let me, let me tell you what he's not saying. Is it okay if I tell you what he's not saying? His teaching here about defiling the temple of God is not speaking specifically to the individual defiling themselves. He's talking about false teachers defiling the temple. All right? This isn't about you. This is about those that are teaching you. That's a strict, strict, uh, this, I mean, this is a warning for these ministers, that they'd better make sure that they're speaking God's word because they're going to have to give an account to God for that because God takes his people very personally, his church very personally. Don't you remember when Jesus spoke to Paul out of heaven, he said, why are you persecuting me? Who was he persecuting? Was he physically persecuting Jesus? Who was he persecuting? The church and Jesus took it personally by saying you're persecuting me. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. That changed his tune pretty quick. <laughs> amen. Okay, any questions so far? Good. Is this helping you tonight? Yes. It's not all Amen scripture. This is some of it we need to pause and think about this and remember yeah. that we were bought with a price and our life is not our own. Yeah. Amen. And uh, uh, time keeps on slipping, slipping. Slip him. him. Into the future. Verse 18, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise, now he's going to take it all back around. Remember how he made the contrast between man's wisdom and God's wisdom. If anyone seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Isn't the kingdom of God marvelous? It goes against everything this natural world affords. Against the whole process. You must become a fool to become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men. Let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, what he's saying is all these are gifts to you, not one. All of them are. They're all yours. Cephas is is Peter. Or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, are all yours. And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Amen. So remember the big picture. Remember the big picture that we're all individual members of a body, of the body of Christ. And we need each other. We need each other. We need each other. We, each other. we don't tolerate each other. We need each other. Huh? We need each other. We love one another. We don't regard one another any longer according to the flesh. Anybody can do that any day of the week. No, we see something deeper. Something that we, see. we have a greater reality. These, this is our family. These are brothers and sisters. These are the people. These are the, Look around you. Just look around you. Go ahead. Let's just look a few people in the eyes. Just look around you. You are spending eternity with them. You might as well start liking them right now. You might as well start getting along right now, huh? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. There they are. Hallelujah. You're not supposed to shudder at that. You're supposed to, supposed to be excited about that. Amen. Forever and ever. This yeah. is the family. This is, this is who we are. Amen. Thank the Lord for that. Aren't you grateful to God to be a member of the body of Christ tonight? Hmm? To be here with an eternal purpose. To not be aimless. To not be caught up with, who am I? Huh? Because you found out who Jesus was. And when you found out who Jesus is, you find out who you are. Your whole identity is wrapped up in the man, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul said it like this. In him we live and we move and we have our being. Everything is about him. Hallelujah. I'm crucified with Christ. Thank God. The old is gone. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but now Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by faith. I don't live by the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. Thank God for that. Can we just stand for a moment? I don't normally ask you to do stuff like this, but I want you to take the hand of the person next to you. I want everyone in the room to be connected to someone. Everyone be connected to someone. Everybody touching somebody. Amen. This is good. This is good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Lord, thank you that you've connected us together for your glory, for your purpose. You saw to it that we would all come together. You had a purpose. You had a place for us here together. All of us are such an important and integral part to how this body operates, how this body flows, how this body ministers. Lord, help your people to see that, to fully be aware that we truly need one another that we all need something from me and I need something from all of them. And together we experience wholeness. Together we experience life and true fellowship as this body of believers. Bless your people, Lord. Let love be the bond of perfection in our midst, God. And we, tonight, we stand against, as members of this body, we stand against strife and envy, and divisions. We choose not to speak divisive words. We choose not to think ill or speak ill of one another, but to hold one another in high regard, to esteem others even better than ourselves, to be willing even to be wronged and even taken advantage of, simply for grace and mercy and love. Lord, that we would take on your attributes and truly let the agape love, the unconditional love of God, flow to us and through us, God. Thank you, Lord, that there's healing in that. There is fear driven out in that, God. Yeah. Judgment is driven out by that. And, Lord, we stand here tonight Thank you. in the love yeah. of God. It's your love that covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. It doesn't exalt those yeah. things. It doesn't right. rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, right. that through Jesus Christ came grace and truth. Thank you, Lord. So tonight we embrace that. And Lord, it's a humbling thing to know. Lord, that though there's so many people from all kinds of backgrounds and experiences, but Lord, tonight what unites us is the grace of Almighty God. We all need you. And in that we are fully united. Thank you, Lord, for demonstrating your glory through us to this community, God. Let this light, let our light so shine, God. Let this church be a beacon a light that cannot be hidden. Lord, a call that goes out into our city, into our community that says, come, come here, all you who are heavy, all you who are weighed down with burdens, all you who are hurting, come and be healed. Come and drink of this water where you will never thirst again. Come and be filled with the Spirit. Come and experience joy. Come and experience love and peace in this place tonight. Thank you, you, Lord. Thank you for that, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are one. Yeah. We live as one. We speak as one. We think as one. And we walk as one. Yeah. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen yeah. and amen. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise yeah. God. I love you guys very much. And I may the Lord bless you and keep you and yeah. cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.